Hello, 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 and welcome to Tea and Crumpets, the podcast about any and everything. I'm your host, Ashley B. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Uh, So today I'm going to do things a little differently than normal. So my guest and co-host today is one of my favorite people, Sarah. Um, And so I am going to start by giving you all a little background on how we met and how she became one of my favorite people. And so in 2014, we both finished our undergraduate programs and had decided that we would do a year of service in Atlanta. And we both ended up being placed um, at a refugee resettlement organization um, and living together in community with sisters and not blood relatives like nuns. It was an interesting year to say the least. Um, But one of the best years of my life and when she comes on she can either agree or not and if she doesn't then we'll have to have a deeper conversation about that but so one of the best years that I've had thus far um and we just hit it off almost instantly I remember uh I think we were having dinner or something and she had just arrived at the mother house oh my gosh we wow mother house yep nuns and I remember seeing her across the room and being so excited like oh my gosh this is the person who I'm going to live with this year and from then on it was like we were meant to be and fast forward to 2016 maybe the beginning of 2017 and I remember at this point in time, in America anyway, there were a lot of uh, shootings of unarmed black people. And I remember just being so kind of defeated and just overwhelmed with the state of our country And I made a post on Facebook. I don't know if she remembers this, but I made a post on Facebook just, you know, stating how it was so stressful and just needing to call in black. Like that was going around a lot within the black community, people just needing time to really think about and reflect on what it's like to live in this country. And I remember I got a text from her and she said something along the lines of um, that she loves me and uh, just expressing her support for me. And I just remember reading it and thinking, wow, like it was a reaffirming moment um, of why she was in my life and that she would be in it for a long time. And um, she's just one of those people who I knew I could talk to, and even if she wouldn't completely understand what it was like for me, she wouldn't try to invalidate those feelings. 
Um, and so that's why I knew I had to get her on this show at some point. And I figured what better episode than talking about friendships and friendship expectations um, and what it means to have healthy relationships. So, hi, Sarah. Welcome to Tea and Crumpets. Hi, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me on. You were like making me cry and tear up there. Um, I do remember that happening and but I don't remember texting you that. Um, and that's so beautiful that you, that, that meant so much to you because for me, that's just how I, I am with my friends and um, I like to call them and text them and tell them I'm thinking of them often. So I just think that's so beautiful that that stood out to you and I'm so glad that we're here today. Aww. Y'all, we might cry in this episode, so just, <laughs> just beware. We're a little emotional sometimes. We're also drinking wine, which <laughs> might like, heighten our emotional state. We are, and it tastes like juice. It's like sugar in a cup, this rosé we have, um, but that's fine. Um, it's Friday. It's Friday. Amen. <laughs> okay, so I put it out there... Um, on Instagram asking people what they would like to hear about and a few responses were about relationships and expectations within relationships so I thought we'd start with friendships Mm -hmm. as that is the relationship that we have um and so what does a healthy friendship look like for you Mm. Mm. um I think a healthy friendship to me is somebody where we're both checking in with each other often. Um, And I guess even if we don't go a while with, with, with talking to each other, knowing that when we do check in with each other, that we're being really genuine and not trying to, you know, like fluff things up and make our lives sound like we're 100% good all the time Mm -hmm. when we're not. So I think just being really honest with each other at all times and then just having routine check-ins with people is kind of the two baseline things Mm -hmm. to a healthy relationship. Yeah, we've definitely had a lot of conversations in the car. I feel like (laughs) the car car conversations are a thing for some reason and just like, man, this job is just like, or like, man, this wedding planning is or like life is just huh so that's always really nice to feel like you can just let that out and just be as negative as you need to be in the moment and get Mm -hmm. honest feedback yeah I think that's really important because you need to have someone who you can be your true self with and express all your highest highs and your lowest lows and even though that might be really difficult I think that's how you get the deepest relationships with someone and personally I'm some I'm a person who has really fierce friendships like I consider myself a very loyal person because of of my background um being an only child and really like attach attaching and clinging to people when I find people that I you know really want in my life and so you know, I, I just learned early on in my life that in order to keep those people around, I had to be 
authentic and honest and open with people. Mm, okay. I like that. And you are. <laughs> so you mentioned keeping people around. Yeah. But um, how many people from your childhood would you say you're still friends with? Like, mm-hmm. let's say middle school, high school. Yeah, I think it's interesting in this, in, in how you define friendship, right? Because in today's world with social media, I think I could tell you that I, I'm friends with a lot of people because through Facebook and Instagram, they're all my friends. And I'm using air quotes for people who obviously can't see me <laughs> through this podcast. Um, but honestly, those people don't know who I am right now. They knew a version of me years ago, so um, they're really not my true true deep close friends um I only really have one friend like that that I've carried with me and her name's Monica and hi Monica if you're listening to this (laughs) um Monica is someone who I really tried to stay close with um over the years and even though we've gone our different ways and different paths we don't live in the same state um we have very different careers and everything but you know, we come back together and it's like nothing has really changed. Like mm-hmm. we're able to be goofy and she knows parts of my story that only, you know, she would know. So yeah, to answer your question, only one person really kind of stuck around. Yeah. Why do you think that is? <laughs> um, you know, I could be really negative and say it's me, but I really think, and, and, and it is kind of me, but that's because I decided to move away. Um, yeah, I went to school in Chicago for college, and where I'm from, it's a really small kind of rural farming community in Michigan, and a lot of my friends stuck in Michigan or, you know, close close to where we grew up, and maybe didn't visit me as often as I wished they would have and I also didn't get to go home Mm -hmm. that often either because halfway through college my parents decided to retire which was amazing for them (laughs) it kind of sucked for me (laughs) to be honest because that was um like pulling the rug out from under me like having my child at home sold but um so then I like would go visit them in Florida and I wouldn't go back to Michigan to see my friends from Mm. from high school so I think I really spread my wings and like left the coop and never really looked back and um yeah there's some really like amazing things that have happened but if I dwell too much on it it is sad that like I really cut those ties and didn't didn't maintain those friendships like maybe I would have thought I would have done but then I think it's also a two-way street right Mm -hmm. like even people in my family are always like I don't hear from you. And I'm like, I don't hear from you. You have hands yeah, that work. Yeah. You have a phone that works. And so I constantly remind myself if I don't have a relationship with someone, like it's not all on me. Like yeah. that person also doesn't want to continue that relationship mm. if they're also not mm. putting forth the effort. And so for me, anyway, a lot of the relationships that I've let fall to the wayside, I felt that I was pulling the weight 
in mm-hmm. it and like oh, yeah oh I haven't talked to so-and-so in a while let me text them or oh it's their birthday let me you know send them a voice message or something and in my mind it was like oh well at least they'd reciprocate that and then they wouldn't and it was kind of like I felt like I stopped my day, whatever I was doing, to make sure mm. that I reached out to you, to check in with you, especially if I, like, saw something was going on on social media. You know, people tend to put things out there when they're, like, sad or, mm. you know, things are going on and they're really cryptic messages usually. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, okay, let me check in. Um, but feeling like I was constantly the one doing that. And so... Uh, and this is really college friends, I think, for yeah. the most part. And so when I think back on that experience, like there's still people who I'll check in with very sporadically, but like most of my roommates from college, and I've had a few, um, mm-hmm. like I couldn't tell you what they're doing right now Mm -hmm. where they live Mm -hmm. if they're in relationships nothing yeah and so it's just kind of like for a while in college when that happened with high school friends it was really sad but then in college after we graduated and all went our separate ways it was kind of like oh well this is life now like I guess I've just gotten used to like people aren't always going to give you the type of relationship that you feel you deserve. Mm. I don't know. Maybe some of it is feeling like you deserve it or some of it is feeling like you need it. So Mm. whether you feel like I deserve this because I did X, Y, and Z or like I need this because I'm going through X, Y, and Z. Those people aren't providing that and it's okay to let them go. Yeah. A hard lesson to learn, but I think I've gotten better at it, at accepting that with people. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, that's something that I still struggle with to this day because I have certain expectations that I have for people because I'm giving up my time or I think that I'm being, like, the best friend Mm -hmm. ever, but then I don't feel like it's being reciprocated, so... I think you really hit it on the head, uh, nail on the head, whatever that phrase is, because, and I'm sure everybody can relate to that, you know, that people feel like their friend, their friend should text them back or call them or want to hang out with them, you know, and then they just never hear from them and, or, you know, the, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. And then they never get back to you. Like that's, I think a hundred memes are out there right now. Like people saying like, Oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. And then it's like, okay, well, we'll see you next year. Cause yeah. you're never going to hang out with me. Mm-hmm. Like just like, don't honest. waste your summer girlfriend. Yeah. They are not getting back to you. Um, so I've definitely had people do that to me and I take it so personally. It's really, it's really hard. So I don't know. I still struggle with that, but the same thing, with you like college friends I think a lot of them I'm not close with anymore but I think we all just went our separate ways and it's kind of 
beautiful and sad at the same time because we're friends on Facebook and Instagram and so they'll like my stuff and they'll comment Mm -hmm. you know and they'll check in like that way um which like boosts my happiness meter you know because I see like people like my Mm -hmm. stuff and I'm like oh that makes me feel so good that they care about me but they don't really care about me on that deep level that I really need to feed like my Mm -hmm. soul and like my spirit um so now I just really think I try to keep it like really close and intimate and I only have like a handful of people that I think I would say really know me and are my best friends and I think growing up you might throw the term best friend around a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but now I I like I'm really particular about it now I don't really use it that often um very loosely yeah it's it's just interesting how things evolve and change, and I don't think people really prepare you for that either. You know, they don't really tell you that that's going to happen, or they do, but yeah. until you're living through it, you don't know, like, what it'll mm-hmm. be like for you. And I think it's because there's, like, all these movies out where all these friends stay together mm-hmm. and, like, have these trips every year oh that they go on. Um, girls trip for one. Yeah. Uh, wine country recently on Netflix. Um, I mean the list could probably go on if I had time to think about it, but there's so many movies where people, um, it starts off like our moms were pregnant at the same time, (laughs) sisterhood of the traveling pants. And we remained friends through this like miracle pair of pants that followed us through high school and college and whatever happens in the rest of the books that I never read. And I think that's really great for those people who can do that. But I think in this day and age, it's really unrealistic, Mm. I think, because when you step back and think about the amount of planning and money and overall willingness that goes into keeping up friendships in that way most of us aren't willing able (laughs) or have the time I mean maybe we do have the time and we're just not prioritizing it but for the most part like having all of those things fall into place Mm -hmm. nine times out of ten I feel like in my life unlikely to happen Mm. yeah that's true I think um the only time that's ever kind of happened in my life was when I got married (laughs) um so I got married three years ago um you just celebrated an anniversary yes on the 18th and I kind of we kind of eloped we just decided to have a really small intimate wedding and um Ashley was one of my bridesmaids and two of my other friends uh were there so one from college and then one from growing up Monica who I've already talked about so those were the three girls and they all came to Maryland where I live now um and celebrated a weekend with me and that was like the closest girl trip thing that I've ever had and it was beautiful but I don't think that's something that will happen again in my lifetime or unless I like try to make it happen but um yeah but the three women that came for that weekend like didn't know each other very well at all 
and I thought that was amazing that they all made the effort to come be with me and celebrate this milestone in my life and that made me feel like okay these are people that are going to be in my life <laughs> for a really long time and I chose well um yeah but I I don't know that that is a normal occurrence yep. that will happen again that's a very special thing and to some extent that's kind of sad that it would only happen for like a wedding mm-hmm. like you know um, weddings and funerals when people show up yeah um and that, yeah, I think that's challenging for me because where I, and and you probably, Ashley, because we don't live where we grew up. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people that we had relationships with over the years, we don't see them like hardly ever. And going into the next stages of our lives, it's like, are these people going to show up for me like physically or... You know, how we're, how will our relationships change? And I think there's no precedent for that because mm-hmm. for the most part, our parents stayed in the same city and, like, had the same friends mm-hmm. for decades. Um, it's a whole new world out there now with people having multiple jobs and careers that take them all over the country. And, you know, our generation is known yep. for kind of moving around. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, what does that look like? I think things are just totally different now. Yeah. Well, so you've mentioned your wedding. Yeah. And I remember, I I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, a friendship ended because <laughs> of not being invited yeah, to yeah. your wedding. How did you handle that? Mm. Your memory is correct. Um... One of my college friends uh, stopped being my friend because I chose not to have her come to our wedding and be in the be- in the wedding party. Um, and I could have I could have handled it better, and she I hope would have handled it better because I had thought that she, we would still be friends um, when I told her, but she was just so upset that she wasn't in my wedding, that um, she just called me really nasty names and like never spoke to me again and unfriended me. Um, And one of my friends um, who was in my wedding, she also like stopped talking to her too because we all went to college together. Um, And I remember telling uh, my friend Lydia, I was like, I'm gonna tell our friend that I'm not inviting her to be in the wedding and like I don't want that to affect you and like how do you feel about it because this like fallout could hurt both of us even though I don't mean for it to Mm -hmm. because it's between the two of us um and she was like you know what I don't feel like she's really been a true friend to either of us so it's fine by me like you and I are who matter so kind of got her approval as bad as that sounds to kind of go ahead with it um yeah I how did I handle it I think I definitely cried um but I I moved on and you know looking back I think that it wasn't a healthy like relationship at all and I had certain expectations of her 
and it was very much like a one-way street where um, there were things that I wanted out of the relationship and she would always say, well, I think we should do this instead and it would be her suggestion or what she really wanted to mm-hmm. do. And I'd be like, okay, can we do one thing that I want to do? Um, and that just like kept happening over and over again. So, uh, And she didn't visit me when we were in Atlanta and um, just like a few, there were lots of red flags. Mm-hmm. So in the end, it's it's fine that it yeah. didn't work out. But in the moment, it's really hard to lose someone because it's hard to to see clearly, like, if it's your fault. Like, we're, I think we're our worst critics or, mm-hmm. our, you know. Yeah. So we just, like, look internally at all the things we did wrong and, like, what could have, what could have I done, what could I have done differently um, to make that friendship last. But in the end, it was really her choice, I think, to completely sever it because I had said you know I hope we can still be friends and 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 she didn't want that yeah so and I haven't talked to her since yeah how do you think we get to a point where we expect things from people you know like we expect to be in this wedding or we expect to even be invited to this mm-hmm. wedding because I could tell you right now looking back at that list that I made a few months ago I'm like mm, that definitely turned into a maybe real quick <laughs> so you know and I feel like some feelings might be hurt because of this expectation but then where where do we start having these expectations for other people mm. like I expected you to do x y and z like, where does that come from? Especially if you don't verbalize it. Like, have you ever had a conversation with a friend where you were like, this is what I expect out of this friendship? No, I've never verb- I've never said those words. Right. So it's like, <laughs> then all of a sudden, you're either not friends with someone because they didn't meet that expectation yeah. that they didn't even know they were supposed to meet. Yeah. Or I, vice versa. It's so weird. I mean, I did not study psychology, socio I don't know any of the scientific reasons for that, but I think it starts with you and how you think that you are in a friendship and you expect that in return. Mm. And so if I think in my head that I'm doing X, Y, and Z, then I expect the same from, from my friends, um, that same level of friendship. But this gets into, like, you know, something I like to talk about a lot, which is, like, love languages. Mm. Um, And that really taught me, if you all haven't taken love languages tests. Yes, I (laughs) have taken it recently. Everyone needs to take it. And now the people that created it (laughs) need to, like, sponsor this podcast. (laughs) Because we're giving them a shout out. Um, But it's for, like, any type of relationship, Mm -hmm. right? And it's how you want to receive love and how you express love, Mm -hmm. too. And so through that, I took that in college when I lived with, like, three other girls. And I learned that I'm not someone who loves physical touch, Mm -hmm. but my other roommates did. They wanted to be hugged and... They wanted to, like, sit on the couch together, and I was like, I need my personal space, lady. <laughs> like, 
Um, but that kind of goes hand in hand with like expectations, right? So if my friends expect, you know, to have hugs or they expect gifts, Mm -hmm. you know, as a sign that like you're a good friend, but I'm not someone who wants to give gifts. That's not something that I naturally think of. Then that's right. How we might have different expectations. And I think that comes from maybe, yeah, the way you express love or like to receive love, but also how you're raised and like the people, your parents and the friendships that you saw growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it all comes into play. Yeah. That's a really good point, I think. For sure. Because now I'm sitting here, I'm like, yeah, that's how you... That's how that happens. Like, I expected this, but I didn't verbalize it. But because I feel this way, I expected you to react mm-hmm. or respond to me in the way that right. I receive. But right. you give differently than I receive. Yeah. And so having those conversations with people... But I think it tends to come up, at least in friendships, after there's a problem. And maybe it doesn't, and that's why you're not friends anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, one of my closest friends, um, Lydia, who's in my wedding, like, I don't think we've really ever fought. Um or had like a severe disagreement or anything like that. Um, but there are moments where, cause we're long distance friendship, we're a long distance friendship where I do feel, I do expect certain things, but then she doesn't because mm-hmm. we live so different lives. Um, but I just know that about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll like send a card for her birthday or a Christmas card or something. Because in my mind, that's the only way that I can, besides calling and texting, right. like maintain the, re- the friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't get that back from her. I don't really get like cards. But that's just a difference in how we were raised. Like my mom taught me to send cards for everything. <laughs> and I know that's not everybody else's thing because that's like you're wasting paper or whatever. <laughs> Uh, that's what my husband says. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, where I'm going with this, but we're still really close friends, and I just know that about her. I just mm-hmm. know, like, okay, this is how I want to show her that I care about her. Right. And she shows me in a different way. Yeah. I think that's also part of the expectation thing, like going back to, but you don't usually have those conversations. And I think it's because when we get to a point where we're saying this is my best friend, which is why I am very careful about (laughs) how I use that phrase now, is because once you get to that level or you feel like you're there and then expectations aren't being met, I think that's where the issue comes in. Like, we're best friends, so you should know how Mm -hmm. I like to receive Mm -hmm. love. Like, I shouldn't have to tell you because we've now gotten to this level where you just know these things about me. And I think that has something to do with it, too. So just Mm -hmm. be careful with your words. People, just know. Because at least for me, I think now that I'm thinking about it, like, hmm, maybe that's part of it. Like, but that's my best friend, whatever that means. Like, I don't... 
I don't even know what that means, really. I don't know. It's just something that we're, <laughs> we're like, grown up. To, we grew up writing, like, BFF on our notebooks in, like, elementary school or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know what it means either. But something that you just said um, made me think how we're constantly growing and changing. And so you might get to a point where you think, oh, they're my best friend. They should know this. But I don't know. I wonder if, like, there are moments where you're still growing and changing and you still need to check in with somebody. I guess when you're a best friend, you're supposed to be, like, checking in. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, going I mean, back sure. to the very if beginning. What, if that's what that means, like, if I'm a best friend, is this, is this like, a job description? Like, best friend <laughs> means checks in regularly. Yeah, yeah. Like, knows favorite color favorite food like you know yeah. i mean i don't know it's so interesting now i'm like hmm maybe i need to like define this we should look it up on on our phones or something um but i just think like we're always growing and changing and so that means the way that our friendships are are evolving too um my favorite color yesterday could have been blue, but if you didn't ask me today, Ashley, it could be different. Right. <laughs> That's sure. my point, I guess. Like, yeah. That you, you and I have expectations about our friendship that we're supposed to remember, like, everything about the other person when something in our lives could happen, and then I'm like, well, why didn't she tell me that? Or why didn't I know that your favorite color is now purple, you know, like (laughs) I should know that. And then you get upset because you feel like you're not as close to them when really it's, I don't know. You just shouldn't get upset over all those things, but it's hard. It is. I think it's just like human nature. Yeah. And I think for me, it's also that I am a little possessive. Mm. I was just about to go there. (laughs) I was just about to go there. I was like, I think we're like possessive. We, like oh this is my person and like I have to know all this and you're supposed to share this with me yeah I'm definitely like oh and I and I try to (laughs) I try to stop myself but it's really hard especially with social social media is the devil um because people like when they post these things and it's like wait why wasn't I invited Mm. right and or why yeah why was this person there and you're not even you know thinking about like well maybe that person invited them and you're not friends with that person so why would you be invited right like having to step back and really think through those things it seems really silly but I think happens to a lot of us like what did I do that I wasn't invited to Mm -hmm. x y and z and then you internalize Mm -hmm that and think something's wrong with you or something's wrong with your friendship and then you like spiraling out of control and it was just like really just that it was a spur of the moment thing and they happened to run into each other at the farmer's market you know <laughs> like it wasn't a planned thing yeah. that you were left out of yeah and I think that's hard also especially with friends who are long distance mm. at least for me like man not that I wasn't invited because I know I don't live there, but it's still hard to like see that other people are getting to experience certain parts of their journey 
that you don't get to experience mm. because of distance. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a strong believer in inviting someone even if you know that they can't make it. If you... That, if you consider them a friend and if you would have invited them if they lived next door Mm. you know because I for example just went to a wedding of a really close family friend growing up and I was invited to their bridal shower and I was not uh expecting that nor uh was I able to go right Um, but I was so touched that I got invited to that and I texted them and I said, thank you so much. You know, I really wish that I could be there, but I'm definitely going to be at the wedding. Um, and I've had some other people in my life where they've had like special moments and I wasn't invited and yeah, that makes you upset or sad because you're not there. And if you were there like living nearby you probably would have been invited mm-hmm. um yeah FOMO is real <laughs> I've definitely <laughs> experienced the same thing on my end like um I remember looking back I think like it was the other day I was on Instagram or something and I saw photos from a baby shower and I was like hmm I never got that invitation and yeah. like it's in the place we grew up. So the potential, I think, was high that I would have gone because I could have also visited my family. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a little like, eh, but then it was also like, I don't know, other people don't think that way and that's right. okay. Like, I can't really blame you for not thinking like oh she'll fly across the country to come to this baby shower for one day because we're that great of friends like maybe they don't think we are that I would be willing to Mm -hmm. make the effort so why even waste the stamp yeah I think maybe in their mind they thought okay I don't want to make this person feel bad for not being able to come or like I don't want to put pressure on this person to like financially go out of their way to come here so I just won't invite them but that actually in my mind is more hurtful Mm -hmm. um I'd rather make that decision for myself if I can financially make it Mm -hmm. um and make the time for it because like you said you can always visit family or other people while you're while you're there um but that should really be left up to us. Um, but going back to what you said, I think, um, shoot, what did you say? <laughs> um, I think that people, people just think differently. And yes. if you're, um, if you're like one of two people that doesn't live home anymore, like you're one person in their life that moved away mm-hmm. and most of the people in their life stayed home or live nearby they can't maybe get inside your head and think that you would come yeah I don't know this is like very different yeah 
conversation since Ashley and I both moved away from like <laughs> home. So the friendships that we have like are really different. Um, yeah. But what turning the tables? How do you think oh, your okay. <laughs> How do you think your friendships like going away from home and all of that? How do you think that's affected how you make friendships now in your new life? as a young adult woman in your career, like, I know personally I've struggled with it because I don't know where the sources of that, like, how do I make friends Mm -hmm. now that I'm married and, you know, like, I don't have kids yet, so I can't, like, just meet friends at a mommy daycare thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so I... In high school, came up with like this philosophy of friendship. It was part of our philosophy class, and I don't know. I had like three different variations of like the types of friendships that could exist at any given point in time. And I remember specifically one of them was the friendship of convenience, mm. and it was we're friends because we, we work together, to or we're yeah. friends because we go to school together. And then once that convenience factor is gone that friendship is also so that's how you know it was only a friendship of convenience Mm -hmm. and so for me now a lot of my friends are people who I work with or worked with um I catch myself calling them friends like I'll, I'll make it a conscious effort to say friends and not co-workers because we have reached that point where we are genuine friends and I believe if we all stopped working together tomorrow, which is quite possible. Um, (laughs) We would still um, be friends. And so for me, if I didn't work at this organization, I always think like, wow, I wouldn't know these people and I wouldn't have these friends. And who knows if they were replaced with other people in those positions, like would I be friends with those Mm -hmm. people? Is it just, you're here, you're convenient, I like you. But then that's not really true because there are a lot of people at work that know. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, for me, it's just honestly, like, convenience is how I make friends. And if we are people who mesh well, if our personalities go together, then we will become friends. And if not, we'll just stay whatever convenient mm-hmm. thing we are, classmate, coworker. Yeah. And I'm, I guess, okay with that now. When I first moved here, I, um, like, downloaded Meetup and mm-hmm. went out to brunch with mm-hmm. strangers. I and uh, <laughs> trivia nights with strangers and um, reached out to, like, an individual one-on-one and was like, hey, you live in this area, let's go grab coffee we live like across the street from each other. We learned after we talked. Like I didn't know where she lived beforehand. Um, and none of those things were sustainable. Yeah. Like I, in my mind, was like, I'm gonna go to this brunch and I'm gonna meet all these lovely women, and we're all like, or not all of us, but at least one person like I'll have this connection with with somebody yes and then because that's what's happened in like historically in my life 
I've been in situations and I've clicked with someone and we became friends. And so now I was like, okay, now I'm making a conscious effort Mm -hmm. to go out of my way to meet people. So the clicking should happen and then it didn't. And so I just like gave up on it. I was like, I haven't even opened that app in who knows how long because I, I, yeah, it's just, I didn't feel like it was worth my time, I guess. And maybe it's that I just need to have people that I just go to things with and that's it. We're not meant to have a deeper relationship Mm -hmm. and maybe now I'm realizing like that's okay yeah like I just need people to go to trivia night with so I can win (laughs) so I'm gonna like yeah you know go with this meetup group and we're gonna go to this brewery and have a good time yeah yeah with people but they don't have to be your bestie yeah and then we'll part ways until next Tuesday when we're together again for trivia and then we won't talk again until Tuesday and being okay with that. I think I always felt like friends or relationships had to have this like deeper meaning. Like they shouldn't be surface level. Like why would you want to have a surface level relationship with someone? But maybe that's okay too. Maybe some people are just meant to be surface level people. You just need trivia partners. I love your face, facial expressions right now. I mean... <laughs> Yeah. Hey, so you know, maybe I'll look, maybe next weekend on I don't even know because I will be here next weekend, but maybe, <laughs> maybe some other time I'll be like, man, I really want to go to trivia night and Chris will be out of town catching Pokemon or something, and then I'll just be like, Hey, let me open up meetup yeah. and just go play trivia with strangers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah. Anywho, she turned it around on me, y'all. But I did say she was a co-host, and so that's fine. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But now, to bring it back to you yes. and me, I think yes. we've had, like, really good back and forth, so good job. Yeah. Us. Um, High five. <laughs> romantic relationships. Yeah. How do you set expectations? How have you set expectations? I think my husband's a mind reader. So I expect <laughs> that he can read my mind. And um, yeah, that, that was a joke. That was a bad joke. But in all honesty, I've definitely said that to him. Like, why don't you know? Mm. Like, you should just know. Like, we've been together for so long. You should just know what I want. <laughs> Um, I think we've all maybe been there with somebody in our life, um, romantic or not. Um, I really have to express, I think like with my husband, that's probably the one person that I do express my expectations with. Uh, I don't know why that's different, like with Mm non-romantic people, but with, with my husband, I definitely say, you know, I expect... Um, I expect you to help me do the dishes Mm -hmm. and cook dinner and, you know, this is, this is what I hope our relationship will look like. So, 
yeah, I just put it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I feel like that's been really helpful for us. But that doesn't Does mean... Does he always we... do what you no. expect him to do? No, 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 because we're human. Right, and... I knew the answer to that. Yeah. Not because he's, like, a bad person. He's great, but because <laughs> what you said. Yeah, but I think that's funny that I've never really thought about it till now that, you know, that I do verbalize my expectations for him. But there are some times that I don't, and like I said, I just think that he should know what to do or that I should know what to do we both are at fault for that Mm -hmm. where we both expect you know that someone's gonna um be romantic or like want to be more physically uh romantic or or emotional or whatever like Mm -hmm. you have expectations of people in a romantic relationship and sometimes they don't show up for you because someone's had a crappy day and the other person hasn't um, you know, there's so many things at play when you are sharing a life with someone mm-hmm. and you're sharing a very small space, no matter how many square feet your house <laughs> is, you're still living together, very intimately living together with someone. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's hard. Every day is different. Yeah. How did you deal with growth in your relationship because as you mentioned earlier you know today I didn't ask you what your favorite color was but yesterday (laughs) it might have been blue and today it could be yellow and you all have been together for 13 years something like that yeah yeah we've been together since um well I've known him since I was in seventh grade um and then in high school is when we started like officially dating. Uh, I was doing air quotes there again, but <laughs> yeah, um, it's been it's been a while. We're so, in our late twenties now. Yeah, um, a lot can change in thirteen a lot years, did change. especially when you're fifteen. A lot changed. And so, how did you? Including his hair. <laughs> yes, it got significantly smaller. <laughs> yeah. How a did lot, you? Yeah. How did you grow? individually but together yeah I we worked really hard at it like we chose each other and continue to choose each other and want to be in each other's lives which I think is how you should approach any relationship romantic or not like you're making that conscious choice that you want that person with you um And so I just think we both had to be open to the obvious that we were going to change. Um, (laughs) Not so obvious for some people. Because some people think that you're, I fell in love with this person and they're going to continue to be this person. And then feeling like you're boxed in and you can't grow. Yeah, I think pretty early on in our relationship... I, we had a conversation where we didn't want to resent each other for holding each other back because I had some pretty, um, once in a lifetime opportunities to travel abroad and, you know, that was hard in an already long distance relationship. We went to different schools in different states and then I was going to say, see you later and go (laughs) to Hong Kong for the summer instead of going home to spend time with with him and um and I think in those moments that was really hard because 
you know, we were being selfish and wanting our own personal selves mm-hmm. to grow and have these wonderful experiences, but you feel jealous and upset that that person's not there for you. But then recognizing that if I was to say, or if he was to say, no, don't do that, then I'd get real mad and then resent him. And then that's like putting in evil and like mm-hmm. bad, whatever yeah. you call it into your relationship. Like that's poisoning your relationship. If you, I think, hold them back or try to keep them all to yourself and keep them yeah. by your side. Like they, like you have to grow. You have to let them make their own mistakes, um, say things wrong. Like Matt makes fun of me for saying silly things all the time because <laughs> I just like have, I think, kind of a sporadic brain. Um, and I'm like a klutz. But I think like you have to make each other, you have to have, um, I don't know, empathy, sympathy for one another that like they're going to make mistakes, they're going to mess up, but you want to hold their hand through those experiences Mm. and you want to be the one that they call and talk to about how great, you know, their interview was or their experience Mm -hmm. that you weren't a part of, but they want to talk to you about it. Yeah. How did you, how did you figure that out at such a young age, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, thinking about our age now, like late twenties, we're not old by any means. And so thinking even further back, even 10 years. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) You know, how, how are you like, no, you go, you do this thing, even though I want you to stay because we'll resent each other and then it won't work out. I, I don't, I don't know. I really am not sure. (laughs) I I think I, I just had an emotional maturity that not everybody had at my age. (laughs) I, um, that's fine. I don't know. I just think, I just think, that was the only way I saw us surviving. Like, honestly, it was like, how, how do I keep this person in my life? Like I can't, it would, it would make him more upset. I just, I could just tell like that if I was, um, trying to be selfish that that, how that was hurtful Mm -hmm. in our relationship and you know we would argue or we would have disagreements and in the end like it was better for me to you know have my own sadness that he wasn't there or that we weren't together um and then just I don't know recognize that we were growing together Mm -hmm. and also individually yeah so how do you maintain your individuality as a partnership now yeah so I think we both support each other in our passions um I know that Matt really likes to play Magic the Gathering I really like to knit um so we both have our thing that we like to do and we just even though the other person might not understand why you have to buy a million little cardboard pieces <laughs> that apparently are worth money. <laughs> uh, and the other person might not understand why 
you know, yarn is so amazing. Um, we just recognize that it makes each other happy and brings each other joy and makes us less cranky and <laughs> happy people. So we just support each other in that. And how does that work financially? Yeah, well, I think it's definitely caused some arguments. Uh, I know it's caused some arguments um, where we just have to keep each other in check because when you both have things that you love, um, it can kind of get out of hand. Like if you aren't saying, well, I know you really want that, but do you really need that? And I know that takes the fun out of the uh, buying experience for some things, but it does help because if we didn't keep ourselves in check like that, financially we'd probably be in, in a messy situation where I'd just be buying bunches of yarn, um, which can <laughs> add up people. It can be expensive, especially if you're supporting your local artists and makers because there's a whole community, you know, on Etsy that everyone should, you know, buy local or support, you know, small businesses. But, um, yeah, I definitely have to say, well, Matt, do you really need that right now? Can that wait till next month? Or, you know, he'll say, oh, well, how about we get this for Christmas instead of buying it right now? Like, do you need it right now or can you wait? Mm -hmm. And so I think that is good because in the end it, teaches us patience <laughs> and in this world that we're living in where you can literally order something on Amazon and have it the next day <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta have that because back when we were kids we didn't have you know that immediate gratification or that immediate um kind of buying power because where I grew up anyways you had to drive an hour to get to the mall and you didn't get there that often so I don't know we just keep each other in check, try to not like go crazy on Amazon, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and remember that like we have goals that are bigger than mm, each of yeah. us individually. So you know we want to have kids, we want to have a dog, we want to like have built-ins, we want to go on vacation. Like there are these big goals that we're saving up for, and that can be hard to like we can lose sight of that when you're caught up in the day-to-day -day life. How do you have crucial conversations? Like conversations where you know like the other person may not be ready to receive mm -hmm. what you have to say, but you know for you and probably for your partnership, it needs to be said. Yeah, I like to have those um, right before bed when... <laughs> <laughs> I... I mean, all jokes aside, I really have the worst timing, so, and and I think there is no, I've learned that there is no good time to have those conversations, so sometimes it's just, I don't know, he knows the tone of my voice, I know the tone of his voice, and I'm like, hey, can we, like, sit down, and normally, um, he'll, he, he knows it's super serious when I'm like, you know, put your phone away or like no distractions because that mm -hmm. really annoys me. 
my love language going back is quality, quality time. <laughs> and so I really um, expect that we will both be 100% present in the conversation. And that's not always the case. Like we're both maybe distracted by other things or thinking about what we have to do next, like what's for dinner or whatever. Um, so typically those conversations happen when I, when I, one of us says, Hey, like no distractions. Can we talk for a minute? Like I've been thinking mm. and then he's like, <laughs> Oh no, you've been thinking because I'm a smart independent woman and I have my own ideas. <laughs> um, but he just knows like what to expect and the same with him. But I'm kind of a night owl, so um, in all, all jokes aside, I really do kind of ambush him and at night before bed, because that's <laughs> when like my brain just doesn't shut right. off, and I'm like, oh, I feel like we should lay in bed and hold hands and talk about life, and that's what normally happens. <laughs> Is he usually receptive? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, on a week, on weeknights too, he's like, Sarah come on shut up like I want to go to bed like unless you know to be real unless it's like oh well do you want to like have sex or like you know um then he's down like to stay up. <laughs> you know I'll be real with you guys um spilling the tea but if it's like me wanting to have a conversation that's like real he'll be like can this wait till tomorrow and and uh, sometimes I'll be like, no, I really need to get this off my chest. You know, you know when those conversations, mm-hmm. you like, you don't care if the person's inconvenienced. Like, you need to talk. Right. Um, yeah. So most of the time he's he's not down. But then if I like start crying, <laughs> <laughs> none of that's funny. But like your face <laughs> is like, you know, <laughs> side eye. Like sometimes you gotta. Yeah, well, you want someone that's going to, like, show up for you and be present and know when it's real and, like, when you need them. And Matt's always there when I need him, and I'm the same. So if if I, like, am laying in bed at night thinking about um, my grandpa or something, like, really sad, where all of a sudden, like, a wave will just wash over me and I just really miss my mm-hmm. grandpa who passed away and I'll just like try I try to stay really strong and like kind of just cry to myself yeah um and then I'll just he'll just roll over and like hold me Aww. you know and good job Matt. <laughs> and I really love him for that and I think you know when things get hard or when there's a hard conversation or you know when when you're feeling sad, like you you hope and you expect that your partner's gonna gonna be there. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, la- well, I don't know if it's gonna be lastly because we could probably go on and on. <laughs> but I had a conversation recently, like yesterday slash this morning, about relationships and how your partner can't be everything you need. Mm. Do you, do you believe that? Like, do you expect Matt to be everything you need? Like, he's always going to be 
there to listen to you vent about something or he's going to always be your emotional support or Mm. um i don't know whatever or do you feel like sometimes you recognize like "Mm, can't go to him for that i need this from Mm -hmm. someone else uh yeah i i don't think he can always be what i need um or is the right person to go to um, I always want him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, like, speaking of who is your best friend, like, my husband is my best friend. Like, I don't need a definition to know that. Yeah. Um, and so I always want to tell him everything. And sometimes he's like, okay, you got to talk to your girlfriends about that. Like, you know, or, you know, this is good. We can talk about it. But I think you you know, might get better advice Mm -hmm. if you talk to Ashley or, you know, some of your other girlfriends. Um, Because he, at the end of the day, he's a man and he's very different (laughs) than me. His brain thinks differently than me, uh, than I do. Like, he's more logical and I'm, you know, I think just we're different people. Um, But that's hard because I always want him Mm -hmm. to be everything and I think he probably feels the same way about me like we want to be each other's everything um and sometimes you're not and that's okay um I thought you were gonna go down the road of like and I'll go there but I think (laughs) (laughs) because I've thought about it is you know what if something happens to him and or Mm. happens to me and I've like only um really spent time on our relationship Mm. and not on these other friendships Mm -hmm. and so I don't want to ever get insular to the point where something were to happen heaven forbid and then I don't feel like I have other people in my life who who know me or who I can turn to and so yeah I think he can't be my everything forever um because you got to have other people to talk to about stuff Mm -hmm. and and share your life with um because there are so many fish in the sea and so many people who you can have relationships with whether they're romantic or not Mm -hmm. um and I think it'd be a shame to miss out on you know, all the beautiful perspectives and conversations that are out there if you only ever really talk to one person about your problems or your issues or life, then you're only ever going to keep hearing that one person's Mm -hmm. thoughts. And, you know, that's when you, that's when, like, so many things can go wrong. Yeah. You made a really good point, and so this is why I knew. I was like, I don't know. I'm saying this is the last thing, but (laughs) something else was when you're in a relationship and you're in it so deep to the point where you neglect your friends and how often that tends to happen so like how do you Mm -hmm. combat that especially if you're newly in a relationship newly in your marriage how do you continue to balance making time for your partner but also for your friends Mm. I I think I'm naturally, I know I'm more outgoing than Matt, my husband. And so I more often than not 
throughout my whole relationship with him, I was always like, oh, can we invite this person to come with us? And let's have these people over for dinner. So I'm always the one suggesting that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know everybody's relationships are different. You might both be more introverted or extroverted or whatever. Um, but that's like worked out well for us where I don't know that I've... Um, I mean, I definitely lost some friends because of my relationship mm-hmm. um, because that person felt like I maybe wasn't giving the attention to them that I used to, mm-hmm. but that was like back in the day in high school when I was, we were yeah. both more naive um, <laughs> and silly, um, still rel- still very like important, but um, nowadays I think we're much more intentional about okay well we spent this weekend just the two of us we've gone a while without hanging out with people we need to hang out with people Mm -hmm. Um, we need to have friends over we need to like go out on a date with somebody you know I try not to go too long without seeing my friends because I would go crazy (laughs) if I did (laughs) just it was just Matt and I forever um, I need, like, other people. Like, I need to get out of the house. Right. Matt could just stay here all weekend, every weekend, and play FIFA uh, <laughs> by himself. And I'm like, you need to – I would like you to get out <laughs> with me. So, I don't know. I think for us that's come really naturally, mm-hmm. and, and it hasn't been a struggle. Um, but maybe outside looking in, people think that we don't hang out with people – hang out with them as much mm-hmm. as they would like because um, we're definitely not uh, people that go out drinking at the bars or anything like that and I know some of our friends do that mm-hmm. um, and just recognizing that like we if you want to be friends we might need to hang out in an environment that's different than right the one that you like to hang out with but and that's part of friendship yeah. right realizing or relationships in general the other person recognizing the other person's needs and yeah. give and take in any yeah. relationship. I think that's the most important thing. A hundred percent. Um and so I try to keep that in mind as well. Like if Chris will wants to talk about Pokemon, like yeah. I will let him talk about it and I will genuinely be interested because I know that that's something that he cares about. Mm-hmm. Same with baseball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Football, like yeah. I mean, football, I can I can get into, but baseball. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know about sitting and watching it on the TV, but we can definitely go to a game. Yeah. Like I will be down. I will eat all the hot dogs <laughs> as long as they are beef, and <laughs> like yeah. it will be good. And that's just part of being in a relationship. Um, yeah, there's definitely give and take involved in any relationship. Yeah, and I try to do that with friends as well. Um, Like, I have friends who are parents. So, for me, it's like, if you need to hang out at your house and the kids are going to be there, that's fine. Mm -hmm. If you need to bring them to my house while we're recording the podcast and she gets a little loud, like, that's fine too because you are a parent and Mm -hmm. we are friends and I recognize that and you know, in this moment, like, this is what you need from me, and I need this from you, you being here and being on the show, so, you know, that's fine, and it's not an issue, and I think people tend to 
forget that and I mm-hmm. and maybe that's another issue that people have with friendships and relationships and why they die down like well this person only wants to do this like I've heard that so many times before like from people in general just like yeah we were really good friends but she only ever wanted to do x y and z and it's like but did you ever say that you didn't want to Mm -hmm. or did you just go along with it and if you did and it wasn't received well then I get it like (laughs) it ain't nothing to cut them off not sing the whole (laughs) song but that's one of my faves y'all um (laughs) yeah and and yeah, so I think just being really aware of what of what others need and recognizing you're not the only person in in the relationship. Yeah, I think the more that you reflect on who you are as a person, the better that you can show up for other people in your lives and have healthy relationships. If you're not reflecting on who you are and what your own goals are and 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 what you need and what you value Mm -hmm. if you haven't done that like inner work Mm -hmm. then you're not going to be able to (laughs) you know show Mm -hmm. up for other people and like you're not going to be yeah it just won't work Mm. y'all did y'all hear that and you know what that is a great segue into me letting you all know that the I guess continuation of this relationship series we'll say i guess series more than one yeah that's a series uh will be about the relationship you have with yourself um and so i want to say a huge thank you to sarah for joining me on this episode and talking about friendships and relationships and your own personal relationship i know you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about that. Even if you're not giving specific details, like for some people that's, you know, really uncomfortable. So I really appreciate you opening up and answering the tough questions. Mm, yeah, I went there. I hope <laughs> I hope you, you all you all are okay with that. Um thank you, Ash, for letting me come on. And this was a lot of fun. And I think we both need to fill up our wine glasses and Yes. And we do enjoy the rest of our Friday uh-huh. night. Maybe we'll Netflix and chill in a non-inappropriate way. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. See you on the next episode, or I won't see you because it's a podcast. But hopefully, you'll join us. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>